no condemnation now hangs over the head of those who are in Christ Jesus. For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ lifts me out of the old vicious circle of sin and death. The law never succeeded in producing righteousness. The failure was always the weakness of human nature. But God has met this by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, to live in that human nature which causes the trouble. And while Christ was actually taking upon himself the sins of men, God condemned that sinful nature so that we are able to meet the law's requirements, so long as we are living no longer by the dictates of our sinful nature, but in obedience to the promptings of the Spirit. All who follow the leading of God's Spirit are God's own sons. Nor are you meant to relapse into the old slavish attitude of fear. You have been adopted into the very family circle of God. And you can say with a full heart, Father, my Father. The Spirit Himself endorses our inward conviction that we really are the children of God. Think what that means. If we are His children, we share His treasures. And all that Christ claims as His will belong to all of us as well. Yes, if we share in his suffering, we shall certainly share in his glory. Those are familiar words for many of us, possibly. But now, in this episode, let me show you what they look like, what they cost, and the immediacy with which they can take effect in us. One of the two criminals who will be crucified next to Jesus is the first to arrive to Golgotha, carrying his cross, and then his own final, almighty struggle ensues. With every ounce of his strength, he he fights literally tooth and nail with half a squad of armored Romans in order to not be nailed to this cross. He loses. His arms are held outstretched. His legs are crossed and pinned down to the vertical. Then three enormous nails are hammered through his body. His cross is raised up almost simultaneously to the other criminal to die this day, and it drops into its pre-dug hole in the ground. Immediately, his body weight sags. That weight begins the crushing of his internal organs, which will eventually kill him. So he begins to learn the cadence of his final day upon the earth. Pushing up against the nail in his legs, which will afford him a single catching of his breath. Then sagging, he tries to negate the pain that starts to rise. Then pushing again, he tries to steal that quick breath over and over again. He will do this and only this all day long till he dies. 
And that growing awareness fills his heart with a completely overwhelming despair. Which is when he sees the other who is going to die. Jesus, the famed teacher from the Galilee, he himself is nearly to the top of the hill, bloody and already totally brutalized, and he is being helped on his way by a stranger plucked from the crowds. But unlike our criminal, who just now pushes up again and again gasps a breath, Jesus approaches his laid-down cross utterly differently. He waves away the soldiers, sets his buttocks down upon the vertical beam, slowly turns his painful body, lays himself out. Then, resting his thorn-crowned head against the grain of the wood, he extends his arms, crosses his legs, closes his eyes as the nailers approach. He is affixed to the cross, raised to its heights with nearly no cry at all. In fact, the first words the thief to his right will hear from him are the words recorded for us. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And something in the criminal begins to happen. He has never in his life seen love until now. The hours of that last morning pass by. The sounds of the scoffers rise and fall, rise and fall. The life of the city is just happening down below as these crucified three raise themselves and fall, raise themselves and fall. Noontime. Over the sounds of the city and those constant swells of mockery from the bystanders come the exasperated words of the other criminal shouting at Jesus. Aren't you supposed to be a savior? Save yourself. Save us. But our criminal to the right is suddenly seized by a realization. A sense of cosmic justice has somehow entered into his heart. Don't you fear God? He shouts at the other. Since you yourself are receiving the same sentence as he, we are getting exactly what our actions deserve. This man has done nothing wrong. And something even higher, something better, something, frankly, that sings throughout the ages far above the frail normalcies of humankind, transpires. This dying criminal, craning his neck to look to his left at another dying upon a cross, suddenly recognizes God. He sees his kingdom, his kingship the immortal grandeur of his person. And he dares to speak aloud the name of the one who is this everything. Jesus, the criminal says humbly, 
gently. Will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? The eyes of Jesus, the eyes of our Savior, the eyes of God, (laughs) turn toward him with an inexpressible light of joy. Oh, I tell you the truth, Jesus says to this, the first of his true followers. Today, you will be with me in paradise. No condemnation now hangs over the head of those who are in Christ Jesus. For the new spiritual principle of life in Christ lifts me out of the old vicious circle of sin and death. The law never succeeded in producing righteousness. The failure was always the weakness of human nature. But God has met this by sending his own son, Jesus Christ, to live in that human nature which causes the trouble. And while Christ was actually taking upon himself the sins of men, God condemned that sinful nature. So we are able to meet the law's requirements, so long as we are living no longer by the dictates of our sinful nature, but in obedience to the promptings of the Spirit. All, including a criminal in the final day of his life dying on a cross, all who follow the leading of God's Spirit are God's own sons. Nor are you meant to relapse into the old slavish attitude of fear. You have been adopted into the very family circle of God, and you can say with a full heart, Father, my Father. The Spirit Himself endorses our inward conviction that we really are the children of God. Think what that means. If we are His children, We share his treasures, and all that Christ claims is his will belong to all of us as well. Yes, if we share in his sufferings, we shall certainly share in his glory.